Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is Podcast 81. Uh, you've got Chris and Brian, and today we are going to talk about running through the Range Master Core Pistol Skills Test. Guys, last night we uh, spent a little bit of time in some kind of foul weather running this particular test. Um, and, and this, we've done a few podcasts here recently about having training nights where you don't necessarily need to spend a whole lot of money on bullets to go out and train. Uh, th- this is a really good, just like it says, core skills test. Yeah. Uh, 40 rounds to shoot this. Um, the progression that we had set up uh, was going beyond just running this once. It was actually doing some different stuff with it after you ran it one time to kind of set a baseline. Um, the, the group of guys that we train with are, are guys who spend a fair amount of time on the range and also take other classes and things like that as well. Um, and, and almost to a man, everybody's response was, wow, this is something we should do a couple times a year as a hip pocket kind of qualifier or metrics or baseline kind of run, um, run this, keep a note on it and have it be that thing you come back to. So we talked about your training book, um, that you should have. This would be one of those things where you would want to log your score, um, both the accuracy component, the time component and the aggregate component, um, would all be really good pieces of knowledge to have. Um, I'm going to let Brian run through the particulars of what it looks like. And then we'll talk a little bit about the scoring, um, the, the scoring mode modalities and how all that works. Cause it's, it, it sounds way more complicated than it actually is. Uh, but it does help to have a calculator or a phone with a calculator or a spreadsheet if you're yeah. technically inclined. So, yeah. Yeah. I actually made a, a Google spreadsheet. Um, so we can keep track of our scores and then it would automatically do the math to give you a final, um, combined score uh, based on your your shooting um, hits and your your total time. Um, this this drill was introduced to our group of folks um, as the range master course core pistol skills test. Um, they were informed that there was no part time uh, and that the math worked out to your total score divided by your time times twenty, um, and that was the extent of how it was introduced. Um, that was sort of deliberate. Um, Chris was a little, little bummed about that. Well, just like it's one of those things where I don't know. Again, how does yeah. the how does Range Master present that? And, and then, but taking that into that. but taking that into account for the progression that you wanted to achieve for training, it makes sense to explain it like that. I mean, because you weren't it, we weren't doing this in a vacuum. You were doing it as a progression for the evening versus. I don't know if they isolate it, how they isolate it and how they describe it, yeah. but it's always interesting to know the background of a drill and know how it's actually presented, um, you know, in, in its, in its native environment as True. it were. So, yeah. I, and I'm, and uh, I'm more curious about that than anything else. Cause I probably would have shot it a little bit different, but I'm still tickled pink with my score going in with the understanding that I had. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and so when we talk about inclement water, we, we shot this in, uh, in the rain, um, Pretty, pretty heavy rain um, for the first eight guys that ran through it. Uh, myself and another gentleman, we went through it after they finished. Uh, rain let up a little bit. Uh, I still had a jacket on that was soaked through, so my hands were never dried out. Yeah, yeah. needless to say, there were no dry hands at any point on this. Um, I was soaked to the bone. I chose not to put on a raincoat because it wasn't cold out. It was just wet. So I chose not to wear a raincoat, and that maybe in hindsight was a really good call um, because it was this. You do run all this from concealment, from carry, yeah. and that's how I'd be carrying the gun if I didn't have a raincoat on. So, um, and when it's warm out, I don't typically put on a raincoat because it's like wearing a plastic bag because I have this 
pretty common malady called old fat guy disease. And when it's humid and nasty out, I'd rather be, I'd rather get rained on than wear a yeah. trash bag. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we did only get to shoot this once. Um, the intent was to shoot it three times um, in one night um, with slightly different accuracy standards. Can we come back to and the specifics gonna, of what you yeah. wanted to do after this? Because I think that's a really good 120 round night for somebody to yeah. go out and do. So, I mean, I think that'd be important to share or a good idea. So, yeah. Uh, so we're just going to run through the. I believe it is 11 stages, um, I'm sorry, nine total stages um, to shoot this drill. Uh, first stage is at three yards. Um, there's a sidestep, um, draw, and fire four rounds. Uh, stage two at five yards, um, again, a sidestep because where you are is pure danger. And <laughs> one step away is complete safety. Complete safety. Without <laughs> <laughs> what you may. Uh, but at five yards, we're going to draw, fire three rounds to the chest and two rounds to the head. Um, on your target, those are the only designated shots to the head. Um, kind of important. We'll come back to that later. Um, stage three at five yards, start with your gun in your dominant hand only uh, and fire four rounds. For the low ready, basically. Uh, for stage four... Again, at five yards, starting with the gun in your non-dominant hand, uh, basically at the low ready, fire five rounds. Uh, for stage five, we go back to seven yards, um, draw and fire six rounds, so we're shooting a bill drill. Uh, for stage seven, uh, at seven yards again, uh, starting with three rounds in the gun, uh, and with the gun at the, the low ready position, um, fire three rounds, reload, and fire three more rounds. Uh, stage seven at 10 yards, draw and fire three rounds. Um, for stage eight uh, at 15 yards, draw and fire four rounds. I think we shot that with three rounds. I don't recall, but, but I, I trust you. Can't remember. Yeah. Uh, and stage nine, draw and fire three rounds, and that is at 25 yards. Um, so again, we're, 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 tabulating the total time uh, so we recorded the time for each of those stages um well, i'm going to call my spreadsheet that added all that up uh, we shot this the one run we did uh, we shot on ipsy targets so a zone hits in the body were worth five points um, the two hits the two designated hits to the head were either five points or they were zero points um, c zone hits were worth three points d zone hits were worth one point and then everything else was zero. Yeah, misses are just completely neutral, except you're not getting the points. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Very, and, and so, as, uh, this, this is a, a pretty generous target zone. Um, and I think that's maybe the point of it, based on what you had mentioned from the podcast. Um, but, the, you know, and, and guys, the, this course of fire, I'm sure, is available online. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure just, you can um, Google you know, range master core skills test, pistol core skills test, and it'll pop up. Um, none of this, like I said, there's, there's no time constraints on any of this. Um, some observations real quick before we go anywhere with this. Yeah. Um, within our group, we had a, a number of people, um, who, who, as we got back in distance, um, your, your time to first shot should not change dramatically 
Um, even, even as distance pushes out to 25 yards or so, you're still talking a pretty big target, pretty generous zone, something that all of us are capable of making hits on as we proved. Um, but, but we saw a, a number of folks really slow down their draw stroke, um, really deliberately draw the gun, bring it up, press it out and do those things at 15, 20 or 15 and 25 yards. Um, when the reality check is that the whole idea is you're in a gunfight. This is a core skills test for a gunfight and getting decent hits, um, A zone, C zone hits on the bad guy before the bad guy gets hits on your A zone or C zone is of critical importance here. Um, saw a lot of guys really slow down um, coming out of the holster for some reason at that 15 and, and, and 25 yards. Um, as, as you'll come to see as we add the times up, that made a big difference, I think, for a number of people, plus really, really slowing down to make what ended up being not as super precise as everybody probably wanted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but taking way too long to make good enough hits versus perfect hits. You know, back to Patton, a good plan now is better than a perfect plan too late. Yeah. Thing. Um, and to quote Mike Pannone on the draw stroke, um, your time from getting the gun out, out of the holster to being up in the, we call the four position yeah. or extended out and getting on the sights. Uh, should be the same whether you're at three yards or at 200 yards. Yep. Uh, the amount of time you may take at the four position to refine the sight picture is going to vary, you know, based on the precision that you need. Yeah. But getting the gun there should be the same regardless yep. of distance. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and while while I, you know, my mentality in this and, and when I step to the line in general is that I want the same draw stroke every time. The only time the draw stroke changes is when it's like contact distance and I'm not coming any further than the rock out of the holster or something like yeah. that. So, you know, so yeah, so that, you know, and I think that the times reflected that uh, to some extent as we looked at it, because we had times ranging from, you guys were in the mid 20s, high 20s? I was high 20s. Uh, Mac J was a low, he was a 32.77. And then I was like at 35 seconds total. Yeah. Yeah. And then it went up from there to probably out past couple guys in the low 40s and then several guys up in the 50s. Yeah, and the guys that were in the 50s, almost all those guys, A, had slower draw strokes at distance, and then B, also ran into issues where, like, they forgot to fire a shot, and our group of guys will razz you mercilessly. So they fired what they thought was a three-shot string, and then we're all, like, waiting, and then we're all like, one more dipshit, and, and that adds two or three seconds on um, to reacquire your sights and make that last hit after waiting for the peanut gallery to razz you mercilessly. Uh, we also had a couple guys. Um, we had we had eight guys on the line. Yeah, yeah. So she so had all the time in the world because we ran down the line, but we still had a couple of guys who stepped up on the line with not enough rounds in the gun to finish that iteration. And again, so you had somebody who's inserting a reload in the rain, in layers of rain gear, etc., cetera, um, inserting a reload into some of these drills, and that pushed times out dramatically uh, as well. So there were some, some mental, um, just mental train wrecks a couple of different times through lack of preparation, and then also just a failure to listen to the instructions a few times yeah. as well. So, um, and, and I'm making it sound like, oh, I had one of the better times because I'm so good. I just didn't have my head up my ass on those particular nine strings of fire that night. <laughs> so, but yeah, so just, just to kind of work through why we saw the variations and some things you're going to have to do this, 
for God's sakes, you know, ch check your shit before you step to the line and make sure you're ready to get into a gunfight, as it were, you know, even if it is yeah. just a beeper gunfight. So, uh, and yeah, of course, the fire were they were said exactly one time. Yep. Um, so if you weren't paying attention, uh, you def people definitely got caught with their pants down, yeah. just like happens when you're staring at your phone at the gas station. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so trying to make this somewhat you know, real world ish in a training environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think other takeaways, um, guys with double single guns, I think had some struggles. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out there, um, the caveat that while the guys running double single guns d definitely struggled for sure. I, I think if you, if you run a double single gun and beat the snot out of it and train with it, that it probably is not going to be something that's notice noticeable. Um, one of the guys who used to shoot with us on a regular basis has vacillated between a couple of different weapon systems. Mm -hmm. um, and when he chose to go DASA, whether it was with a Beretta or with a CZ, um, shot like a freaking god because he put the reps in on that first long stroke and knew how to make it work. And it was the only gun he shot. Exactly. If he, yeah, if he made that, yeah, he he made that, that choice, gun. then he went to DASA and stayed there. Um, a couple of the guys that, that I think we're talking about here – um, and I'll, I'll pick on Wolfie specifically. Wolfie normally runs a 320, but wasn't. He was running more of a carry gun because it was intended as a carry thing, and he's more of a competition guy. So, you know, and, and so he was running a little bit different gun than he normally would have. Um, you know, good hair, good hair jumps from gun to gun to gun to gun, and, and then we'll, we'll just leave John alone because John's special and likes commie crap, so no big deal. Yeah, so. uh, although I, I do want to point out, um, so we had one guy running a Makarov, yeah, and at three yards, uh, he got one round off. I think he came to the conclusion that he bumped his safety. Yeah, and basically hard shut his gun down during the middle of that drill. Yeah, to the point where he had to walk off the line, fix his gun, um, and we actually gave him the opportunity to rerun that course of fire because it was such a train wreck. Yeah, um, but if that had been his gunfight, I think he would have gotten smoked. That'd have been a bad day. Yeah, that have been a bad day. Um, and that, and again, that takes us back to, um, you know, those of you who know me, you know, you, if you've ever been in the shop, I, 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 I don't brag when I tell people I have five Glock 19s. I'm telling you I have five Glock 19s because they're all set up pretty much the same. And that's pretty much what I use. If I'm shooting a handgun in general, it's a G19. I might dabble around with other stuff and play around with other stuff occasionally. Um, uh, only because shooting double action guns like double action revolvers it's harder than anything else, so it's good to shoot that and then come back to something else just for me as an exercise. But in general, I, I've been shooting the same. You'd think I'd be a lot better than I am because I've been shooting the same freaking gun since 1993 pretty much. Um, but the reality check is that you, when you start changing out systems, um, you know, I, I saw a couple guys with DASA guns have short strokes on the trigger where they didn't let the trigger out far enough to reset. Uh, did some weird things with the gun they weren't used to. Um, had the safety issue, you know, that, that John had. Um, you know, and, and so that switching systems, um, good Lord, if you can't figure it out when no one's shooting at you, no one's bleeding, no one's screaming, no one's running everywhere. It's not chaos. It's, it's just, just on the range a little bit. Yeah. You're, 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 you know, if you can't figure it out on the range, you're probably not going to figure it out in the real world when that happens. Um, so, you know, just something to consider, um, especially because a couple of these guys that were running differential guns actually shoot Glocks really freaking well. Um, and would probably shoot any striker-fired gun really freaking well if they just stuck with it and stayed there. Now, I also get that there may be issues where maybe I've got, you know, a, a metric boatload of 
Makarov ammo and it's cheap for me, so that's what I'm going to run, especially with the ammo crunch being on. Um, you know, that, that's cool. You know, wh whatever. And if that's just what you want to do, that's cool too. We're kind of picking on them right now, but they kind of earned it in yeah. the same breath. So, yeah. So, you know, kind of, you know, that's a little bit of the consistency of running the same gun. It's not that you shouldn't be able to shoot other guns proficiently, but it just makes life a lot easier in general. Yeah. And I think that for me, the takeaway on that, um, especially coming back here and talking to customers behind the gun counter, yeah, um, is that the more complicated you make your system, yeah, um, the more you really have to understand that system yeah. to be able to debug it at gunfight speed. Yep. Yeah. And the other thing too, the guys running DASA guns with decockers, <clears throat> we, we saw, you know, everybody's pretty solid about coming off the gun and decocking the gun, but those guys had to think about decocking the gun. Um, the reality check is I can introduce you to a dude who, who ran a DASA gun and, and had a post gunfight ND that didn't result in anything serious, thank goodness, but was a come to Jesus experience in, oh, this is why I like Glocks. When I let go of the trigger, you know, keep my finger off the trigger, nothing bad's going to happen. And while that's absolutely true, true with DASA guns too, um, this was a little bit different situation and, you know, still sent around into the ground because it's a more complicated system and was shuttling back and forth between systems because at one point he's training people with clocks. The other point he's carrying a DASA gun on duty because it's mandated. So, you know, there's definitely an opportunity to, when there's differences to make sure you're in the right gear and addressing those differences with that tool and at speed, that's hard. Yeah. It's harder than it needs to be, I guess is the thing. So yeah, yeah. I'll stop preaching on uh, that. How do you guys with dots do? Um, I, I intentionally had a dot full of belly button fuzz that then got rained on, um, and it didn't make any difference. Uh, generally, the three to five yard shots, I'm not using my sights anyway. I mean, that, that's for me, that's index shooting. That's just pushing the gun out and getting a rough outline. Um, and I don't think I dropped any shots until we, you know, I don't think I dropped any shots, honestly, until we went one hand only. Um, so, you know, I, I, the, the dot in the rain Everybody makes a big deal about, you know, oh, if you get dot on, you get water on your emitter, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure I had water on my emitter at some point yesterday because it was raining pretty damn hard for a big chunk of that. Um, and no no problems at all. No problems at all. Yeah, there's some there's some pieces of red other places where it's refracting off water on the lens and stuff like that. But if you've got good, if you're kinesthetically set up with the weapon well and you know you can point it pretty effectively, no problems there. So I didn't think so anyway. Cool. Yeah, I know that. Uh, one of the guys is relatively new to the dot, and he had some index issues. Um, you know, just I, I just watched a couple times, watched the gun come up, and watched a little bit of movement to find the dot. And I think that's more of a reps thing than anything else. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so the other thing I know for me, I've got a Gen three nineteen, mm -hmm. and that gun was moving around in my hands because they were so slick. Yeah, and even mine. I mean, my gun stippled and, and has pretty aggressive texture. And, and even at that, it was it, it was still, you know, you, you had to mash it. You had to hold on to it pretty tight because everything was wet. Everything. So, And I know a lot of guys actually mentioned that too. Um, Mac J had said that he's running from a 19 to a 48, and the 48's a little smaller gun too, and said definitely with his big mitts, it was getting proper index on the gun, especially in those conditions, was difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. Although, the way he shoots, you couldn't tell, but we won't get into that. So. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, in this, like, so the, the intended progression um, that we didn't get to do last night uh, because of the weather and just some technology 
issues. Um, iPhones get a little tricky in the rain with touchscreen. Um, so the, the idea was to shoot it, what we just explained, uh, we were going to go back out, shoot it again, where... You were going to shoot um, it, shoot it the full time with the, ex the explanation you gave, yeah. minimal, go out and run it, set everybody's baseline under those conditions. Debrief it. Debrief it thoroughly and then go back out and shoot it with yeah. the next part. Uh, so the, we were going to then go back out, um, the accuracy standards were going to open up to a C zone on the Ipsic target. Um, to include the head box would be worth five points. Um, D zone hits would be worth two points. Uh, misses are zero. Um, run it again. So trying to get everybody to giving people permission speed to really speed it up and yeah. you know push see how fast they can run it. Um, score it up. You know come back debrief it again. Yeah. Um, and then go back out and shoot this on B eights. Yeah. Um, where anything inside the eight ring is five points. Inside the seven ring is four points. If you're on the paper, so the edges of the paper, for the repair center, you get uh, one point, mm -hmm. and then misses from that are zero. Yeah. Um, with the two, you know, designated headshots need to be in the head box. Yeah. On the target, um, to then try to tighten things back down a little bit. Yeah. And and I think that that's where the explanation that you gave works in that progression very well because it kind of sets the baseline how would you do this so go out and figure it out and then give somebody permission to go okay well you did it but now you see what you actually need to do to do it better let's open it up and do it better and then let's go the other way and let's chase the accuracy but with a sense of urgency to get there yeah still matters on on that so i mean that's why i don't I, in that context that progression works i think very well as a training tool and that would have been 120 Round. rounds. Yeah, yeah. That, that would have been, you know, less than three boxes of ammo uh, that I think would be very, very well spent to drive home some really core things. Um, you got to be able to get the gun out. You got to be able to get hits on meat. And then I like the fact that they didn't really stress anything outside of that other than a reload and some dominant and non-dominant only hand shooting, which are all realistic. But but and still low odds distances. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah, five yards. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, all that I think was I, I just think that's a very realistic sequence of of opportunities to get rounds downrange that are all things you can apply directly to. If you got in a gunfight, you'd need to know how to do this. So yeah, and you've also got to be able to hold on to the gun uh, yeah. because there were a lot of three, four, five, you know, in the one six round string. Yeah. Uh, so just be able to go out, you know, make one hit really fast or make two hits really fast. Yeah. Um, you got to be able to hold onto the gun long enough to get the entire string of fire done. Yep. And I saw some guys struggle with that one-handed. I saw a lot of guys trying to reacquire a solid grip on the gun because it was just nasty, rainy, and, and it, everything was slick. So there's definitely some challenges there. The five shots, non-dominant especially, got some guys' attention. There, yeah. are, there are a lot of, like, two and three shots and then a little break while somebody's squishing their hand back onto the gun where they wanted it, and then the last two or three shots. So you could definitely tell that. Yeah, it was it was honestly, it was kind of rare to hear a good cadence of fire from most of the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, myself included. Um, like, on my bill drill, um, to the first shot was solid, but the second and third shots weren't where I wanted them to be speed-wise. And then I and then I found where I wanted to be, and then like the last three or four shots were very rapid, and very confident. So, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the cadences were definitely off, and I think a lot of that was attributable to 
it just everything being wet and slippery. Yeah. So suck it up, get get better. Yeah, I'd say if you haven't had the opportunity to go train outside in the rain, yeah, um, find a rainy day when you go to the range and the range is open and go out and shoot in the rain. Yeah, just try not to do it with lightning. A lot of lightning, very very nearby. <laughs> we had a lot of lightning strikes within a couple miles, so that's questionable whether or not we should have been out there. But the alternative was to wait underneath an aluminum hut. Um, I'll take my chance of shooting the gun. Thank you. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're interested more in this particular drill, Google the Rangemaster Core Pistol Skills Test. Um, there are a number of forum threads, um, blog posts, and other things about this particular course of fire. Uh, it really does push you to to practice and to get tested on you know things that as a concealed carry holes concealed carry permit holder or you know, a law enforcement officer, you should be able to do with your pistol kind of without thinking about it. Yep. Yeah, definitely all fundies. So, good stuff. Yeah, uh, on that note, you can visit us um, in the store. We are at 4465 Cemetery Road in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, we are running COVID hours for the foreseeable future. Uh, we are open 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, we are limiting it also to four people in the store at a time uh, so we can maintain proper social distancing and keep Mini Mike happy. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find us on social media as long as they let us stick around. We're at Cap City Outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're trying to use uh, both of those things as sort of a real-time update for when we get stuff in. Uh, if you see something super trick and fancy that you must have, uh, give us a call with a credit card number uh, and we will hold it for you. Um, comments and things on the social media is not a way to call dibs. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, guys, social media is managed remotely. So so that's not a – even though that's where the inventory is put up real-time, it's not checked on a real-time basis. So definitely give us a call in the shop. Um, and, and I apologize. As a small business, we have one phone line. If you don't get through the first time, try calling again. We're, we're rarely on the phone for more than a minute or two at a time. Um, especially if you're trying to nail something down. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, we do an email newsletter once a week. Um, you can sign up for that on our website or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com and we will happily add you to the newsletter. Um, you can find all kinds of information regarding things like firearm transfers, uh, how to purchase a suppressor um, with us and Silencer Shop also on the website, and that is capcityoutfitters.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. We'll see you soon.